Hey, Transform Podcast listeners. We weren't able to record a new episode this week, so we asked around our community for what one of their favorite sermons was, and that's what we posted this week. We'll be back next week with more. So the weather has been changing a lot lately, hasn't it? You guys are like, it's Mother's Day, and it's raining, and it's a high of 49. Um, So on April 19th, if you remember, it actually snowed in Denver. Uh, And then on May 1st, which is the night of the Kentucky Derby, it was a high of 87. So it got up to a high of 87, and my good friend said, hey, come to this party. You need to wear a blazer, but then it's okay if you wear some shorts um, at the party. Uh, He pulled it off well. I decided not to. Um, And so it was a high of 87. um, But then also, just uh, a couple of days ago, it was, um, well, let me me backtrack. May 3rd, it went down to a high of 37. uh, And then on Friday, it got up to, what, a high of 85, right? And then here we are on Mother's Day, and it's a high of 49 and raining. Um, And so now, don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining at all. I've lived in other states. Um, So I've lived in Missouri, which is sweat central. It's humid all of the time, and I definitely would prefer this. Also in Seattle, it's gloomy and rainy for nine months of the year. Uh, That's my hometown. So thanks be to God. If you travel around, you'll understand why everybody's moving to Denver right now. Um, And so here's what I would tell you. Just as the weather is changing, just as the weather is up and down, so it's the same with your feelings. Your feelings will go up and down. Uh, Your feelings will change. Your moods will change. Uh, That's one of the reasons why I said Happy Mother's Day to Daisy, because probably three days out of seven, my mood changes. So she's a saint, and she's awesome. Um, And so now... If we consult our feelings all of the time, we will not be able to get where God wants to take us to go. Where God wants to take us is to give him glory and to live for his glory and the good of others. And so the invitation this morning is this, consult your faith and not your feelings. We are in a sermon series titled, Why God? And Uh, We're asking and answering several difficult questions that maybe you have uh, from your friends or family or neighbors or coworkers, and definitely that I have received in the last 11 years as a pastor. Um, If you've missed some of those questions, we've answered the question, how do we know that the resurrection really happened? How do we know that God really exists? Um, And then last Sunday, we looked at how can uh, a loving God Uh, judge and send people to hell? We asked that question. We're not shying away from those questions in church, as easy as it would be, but rather we're diving into those questions. If you missed any of those, you can tune in at sjdenver.tv. You can listen to the audio or video if those questions are things that are on your heart uh, this morning. Uh, But the question this morning for us is this. Why can't I just do What makes me happy? Right? Like, wouldn't it be fun? Wouldn't it be fun to just do what makes you happy all of the time? I'm reminded of that song. 25 years ago, it came out, and it was, it said, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. And I was like, yeah, she really loves him a lot. Um, 
why can't I just do what makes me happy? Follow your feelings. Follow what makes you happy. Just do what you feel. Listen to your body. Right? That's what you have been told. But just like I think we need to just pause for a second. Let's just pause before we just take that bait and roll with it. Like nations and countries are predicated upon the thought that we need to just question our feelings before we act on it. Right? Like if everybody just said, That's, this is how I feel, so this is how I'm going to treat that person. This is what I'm going to do to that person. Like there's whole countries, including ours, that are, are saying, hey, you can't just do whatever you want to do. So at face value, it sounds kind of fun. But if we all did it, it would be chaos. You know, uh, like, you know, I don't want to be that old man, you know, that my family has moved away from me and they can't stand me anymore. And I am, like, getting drunk every night. And then I'm like, I followed my feelings and I lived it up. Yeah, that, that sounds kind of fun, but, you know, that's kind of not where I want to end up. Um, and then also, uh, what I would say is this. If we look into our feelings all of the time, what we need to understand is what we reviewed in our New Year's sermon series in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 16, and we'll see what's going on inside of us. Paul writes this. But I say... Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So what's Paul saying here? What he's saying is inside of you there is Spirit, the Holy Spirit that God has placed inside of you, but then also there's your flesh. So your flesh is the sinful nature. The sinful nature is still there. We will not get rid of the sinful nature until Jesus comes again. And that's why we say, come Lord Jesus. I can't wait to go to the party. Um, but in the meantime, we have the spirit and we have the flesh. So this morning, what are we saying? Consult your faith and not your feelings, which means consult the Holy Spirit and not your flesh. Okay. Consult the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. Consult your faith and then move forward. You know, so let's just circle back to the drinking one because that's relevant, right? Um, so if we just consult our feelings, we're going to say, hey, I, I feel like it tonight. Even though I know I'm going to work tomorrow, um, it just, my, my stress level is high and it would feel really good tonight. Um, also, we might be at a social gathering, and we're excited to be there, and we want to live it up and dive in and sink into it. Uh, but here's what I would tell you. When you consult your faith, you maintain your purpose, and you maintain your praise. You have a purpose that God's given you for the night with those people that are around you. When you consult your faith, you maintain your purpose, and then you maintain your praise. Probably if we are no longer able to praise God that night, we've probably gone too far, right? Now, if you are uh, an alcoholic, then everything that I've just said, you consulting your faith is to remain abstinent and to keep moving forward with your commitment for what? The glory of God and for the good of others. So also... 
you were in a particular, you had a particular feeling when you made your faith commitment. You may not have the same feeling when it's time to keep that faith commitment. Okay? So God calls on us to worship him. God calls on us to be in community. But, you know, you don't always feel like it, especially when um, it's raining outside and that hot chocolate is, you know, speaking to you in the morning and asking you to just remain put. Um, But what I would tell you is this. When you consult your faith and not your feelings, you say, God created this all for me. God created this for me to worship him. God gave me his word, and God gave me communion uh, to feed me and nourish me. He's given me discipleship, community, and worship, and ministry, and mission. Consult your faith and not your feelings. Um, In addition, what I would say is this. Um, As husbands, what at times in our lives, I think... Uh, men have a propensity uh, to maybe start to collect evidence against our wives. Some of you are laughing. Um, You're like, oh, this one's going to hit a nerve today. Um, And it's Mother's Day, so uh, all of the wives are tempted to hijack the sermon. Did you hear him? Um, So there is the temptation to start making a mental list Okay, you're starting to make a mental list of things. Um, Then you're collecting evidence against your wife. Husbands, love the woman that God has given to you. Write that down. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. When you consult your faith and not your feelings, the Holy Spirit reminds you that you are to be sacrificial as Jesus was sacrificial to you. Also, um, parenting. Hey, parents, um, do we need to consult our faith and not our feelings with parenting? Just some of the time? Okay. They're going to challenge you to eliminate all of your values. Okay? That's going to be the challenge. They're going to challenge, but it's a, it's a good challenge, and we love them. So if you're here, we love you. Um, but here's what I would say. There's a temptation to say, how am I doing? Uh, are my children behaved well enough? Uh, how is my performance? How are my good works? What I want to tell you is this. As you consult the Holy Spirit, know that it's not about your performance, but it's about you being anointed. It's not about how beautiful you are, but it's about that you're anointed. It's not about how wealthy you are. It's about you are anointed. When you consult your faith, you're going to persevere, maintain your values, and raise them in the instruction and discipline of the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, um, so Mother's Day also applies to, uh, you know, our mothers. Um, So if you are Uh, Living with your parents, the commandment is to obey your mother and father. Um, If you have moved out of your parents' home, the commandment is to honor your mother and father. Do you all always feel like doing that? Do you always feel like making that phone call, making that visit? Do you always feel like doing that Zoom? Um, Probably not. 
Probably not. But when you consult your faith and not your feelings, then it leads you to honor your mother and father, to obey them if you're living at home because of what? It's for the glory of God and the good of your household and for the good of your community. The illustration that God gave with regards to that is like being under the cover of his authority and the cover of his protection. Honor your mother and father. When you do that, you're under the cover of his authority. You have protection spiritually. But when you leave that cover, you're no longer under his protection. And all kinds of things can go wrong. I was actually reading in, I think it's 2 Timothy chapter 3, where it says in the last days, things are going to go really south. And then one of those evidences of it going really south is people are disobedient to their parents. Okay, so when we consult our faith, then we're going to say, I have a higher purpose to obey my mom and dad even when I don't feel like it. And so the invitation this morning is to not consult that weather app too much. Not consult that weather app, which is like your feelings that are up and down, like your moods that are up and down, but rather consult the Holy Spirit who dwells in you, who will lead you to flourish, to give him glory, and to do good in your life and in your family and in your community. Okay, so uh, last Sunday... We talked about moral relativism. You guys remember that? Okay, so we talked about moral relativism. And then when I got home, my wife always gives me very good feedback. She said, you could have given some more examples of moral relativism. So here you go. This whole first introduction is several examples of moral relativism, right? Because if you just say, I'm going to consult my feelings and do what I want and follow my heart, follow my feelings, follow my body, well then, okay, it's all relative, and you do what makes you happy, and I'll do what makes me happy, right? So I hope that you can see the folly in moral relativism. There was a uh, professor of philosophy. He's in his philosophy class. He gives out papers for people to write arguing for certain points. So they have to argue, just make a good argument, argue for a particular point. One student, his argument was for the truth and validity of moral relativism. That was his paper, okay? So he turns in his paper to the professor, and he gets it back from his professor, and the professor gives him an F. So he's like, what's up with that? I worked really hard on this paper. I followed all of the directions, and I argued well. So he says, he emails his professor and says, I want to meet with you. So he meets with his professor that gave him an F, and he says, hey, why did you give me an F? And he says, because for me, it was an F. And he said, well, what do you mean? I worked really hard. I followed all of your directions. This doesn't make any sense. And then he said, but uh, my perspective is mine and your perspective is yours, right? And we're both right. We're both true. I'm right and you're right. And so he said, the light bulb turned on, and he goes, okay, so I'm getting your point. And so when the light bulb turned on, the professor changed his grade from an F to an A. And he said, good job. I hope that you can see that not all contradicting viewpoints can be true. They can't. That's not following logic. If they're contradictory, then by definition, they both can't be true. 
And so I hope you can see why. Don't just follow your feelings. Follow your faith. Also, Jeremiah 17, verse 9, says this. Check this out. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? What is the prophet Jeremiah telling us? He's saying, don't just follow your heart, question your heart. Why? Your heart is fallen. Your inner being is fallen. Your feelings are fallen. You have a sinful nature. You haven't gone to heaven yet. You're still here. So don't follow your heart. Question your heart. Consult your faith and go from there. And then determine what your heart is telling you and determine if it is according to God and his plan for your life to give him the glory and for the good of others around you. Um, in 2019, I remember getting sick a lot. Uh, for those of you that are around me, you may remember that. I, I, I remember getting sick a lot. I feel like it was like once a month almost. Um, that's one of the silver linings of what we've gone through in this pandemic is I've, I've learned to wash my hands for 25 seconds. I actually still count, right? You know, it's a good new habit I've developed. Uh, but here's the point. These guys came to our house to check out our home. So we bought our home in 2018. Let's just say that the previous owners, their spiritual gift was not maintenance and repair. Um, so they go up into the air duct system. And the air duct system is filthy. It, hasn't, it had not been cleansed in a long time. So they go up there. And they spend a lot of time cleaning out the air duct system. And I would submit to you, like in the next 12 months, I only got sick one time. So, I don't know. I'll let you scientists tell me if there's any validity to the timing there. Um, but here is where I'm going. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, when you receive the gospel of Jesus in your life, he does a cleansing of your life. And what he declares is this, you are clean before me. He does not count your sin against you. He does not count your guilt against you. He does not count evil against you. He says you are clean before me because of the blood of my son. The blood of Jesus cleanses you from sin, cleanses you from all unrighteousness, and he counts you spotless before him, not because of how good you kept the first unit of thought in this sermon, but because of what he has done for you in your place. You are clean. The scriptures also declare that the waters of holy baptism have washed you away your sins, that he washes you clean and you are spotless before him because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, we did the, cl the cleanse of our air duct system, but then also we did some improvements too. We installed some better and higher quality and more expensive air filters. Okay, so the first part of the sermon was consult your faith and not your feelings. The next part is the practical part, and here is the way to put it into practice. All of you need an air filter in your life. You need a filter to, to 
eliminate the negative particles that are coming in. You need a filter, a way to filter out the perspectives and ideas and guidance that is not true for your life and the perspectives that are. And here is where we'll go. And we're going to take a second look at the scripture passage that Holly read earlier. And it says this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, Paul writes this. For the weapons of our warfare, so there's a spiritual war going on in your life and in our world, are not of the flesh. They're not of human effort. They're not of the sinful nature, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Now check this out. Check out the grammar here. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion. Did you notice the grammar there? He says that the weapons have divine power to destroy strongholds, but then he interprets himself and tells us what those strongholds are. What are they? Arguments and opinions. They're ideas that are not truth in your mind. So then what does he say? Raised against the knowledge of God, and what does Paul do in his ministry team? Take every thought captive to obey Christ. So the thoughts are coming in, right? From outside sources or internally. What's the filter? The filter is the ability to take every thought captive to obey Jesus Christ. Uh, some of you here, and you're not married, uh, some of you are uh, women who are not married, you know what the scripture says? That you're married to Jesus. That he is your groom that has given up his life for you. And then also, you are the church, all of us. What does it say? We are the bride of Jesus Christ. What's Paul's point? There's a strong marriage between the Christian's mind and Jesus. And what does Paul also say in his first letter to the Corinthians? But we have the mind of Christ. And so here's what I would tell you. The practical part of this sermon is this. Consult his word and not your war. Consult his word by the power of the Holy Spirit, and not your war. All of you are in a war right now, according to the sinful nature, and living in a fallen world. Circumstances go up and down. Our feelings go up and down. This life's not easy. Consult his word and not your war. Um, in the past six months, there's been, um, there's been something that has caused me a bit of anxiety, and it, it tends to go in ebbs and flows. Isn't anxiety kind of like that? It kind of goes in ebbs and flows. But then what has helped me tremendously is a, three pages of a list, a list of scripture verses that are directly relevant to my season in my life. And over time, what has happened is I've probably read that list like 34 times, um, but then what has happened is those scripture verses are in my memory. They're there because I've read it so many times. Uh, the other day, I had a phone call with a pastor friend, and we, he typically checks in with me, and I just tell him how things are going. But what I would tell you is this. By the end of the phone call, I mean, I was thankful for the phone call. But the word of God had brought me to such a strong place, I probably 
no longer needed that hour that we spent. Here's what I would tell you. The way that you consult his word is to spend time in his word. When you spend time in his word, the word is going to be in your memory bank. It's going to be there, and you can consult it whenever you want on a decision or a relationship or a situation or an approach to what's going on in your world and in your life, in your community. You can consult his word and not your war. Also, I would tell you this, though. I want you, I want to invite you to, though, God's word, God speaks through his word, and he speaks through his people who are going to encourage you with God's word as well. Um, so I don't want to diminish that. Sometimes you need somebody objective outside of you, a friend in Christ, who could speak into your life in a situation and give you the counsel that you need to hear in that particular season of your life. All right, so um, here's your homework assignment uh, this week. You're like, praise be to God, we get homework? What are we talking about? Um, I won't ever tell you to do something I'm not going to do with you. So we're going to do this together. I want to invite you to read a gospel. Read a gospel. If you have a commentary, start with John. If you don't have a commentary, start with Luke. Let's just take in this week the teachings, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. Let's fill our mind this week with Jesus Christ. I think growing up, I grew up as a Catholic, and this is just my experience. This is me, okay? You may have had a different experience. But I think in my experience, the Bible was for the priest, but it wasn't for me. And I want to encourage you with the thought is, God wants to speak to you. He wants to feed you. He wants to nourish you, not just on Sundays, but every day or regularly. And I know that time is a challenge, but I want to encourage you with this. There's the Dwell app. Have you used the Dwell app? There's the Dwell app or the Abide app. There's all these apps that will read the word to you. So you could do it while you're gardening or doing the dishes or whatever you're doing. You could fill your mind with Jesus Christ. And then I want to encourage you with this. As you have received truth and as you already know so much truth, and you know so much, live out what you know. Live out the word that you already know as you consult your faith and not your feelings, as you consult your, his word and not your war. Um, Pulitzer Prize winner, Dr. Robert Coles, he's actually a professor at the University of Harvard, so now you know you have to accept everything he says. Um, um, he says, we have systems to explain everything except how to live. Isn't that interesting? But then he goes on to say, nothing I have discovered, because he's a psychiatrist, nothing I have discovered about the makeup of human beings contradicts in any way what I learned from the Hebrew prophets, such as Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Amos, and from the book of Ecclesiastes, and from Jesus and the lives of those he touched Anything I can say as a result of my research into human behavior is a mere footnote to those lives in the Old and New Testament. This is an invitation today to fill our minds with Jesus Christ. Now, some of you might still say, I know you're out there, you're like, but can't I sometimes 
follow my heart? Right? Like, follow your heart. That's not always bad. Here's what I'd tell you. So, a couple years ago, I think, we went to Waco, Texas. How many of you uh, are familiar with the silos in Waco, Texas? Raise your hand. I want to see how much explaining I have to do here. All right. So it's not as high of a percentage as I thought. Um, At the first service, it was like 2%. So you guys beat the first service. Um, Joanna is her name, and she is an interior designer. She has a show on HGTV. She's excellent at what she does, if you want to just ever watch. But she has a great way of maintaining her brand and her her brand flourishing. So in Waco, she's called her business, and I'm going to probably butcher this, Magnolia. She has a restaurant, and then she has a place where there's silos. And then in addition, there is the Silos Bakery. And we were there in the wintertime, and it was raining and windy. But there was this long line to get one of her brownies to delight in one of her brownies. And I walked by and I said, peace be with you. I'm not going to wait. Um, but there was a lot of people that wanted to really wait so they could come back home and say, I did it. I got a brownie. Um, to delight and sink your teeth into some good chocolate. Here's what I would tell you. The word of God is so well-rounded. Psalm 37 verse 4 says this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What you're delighting in on a daily basis, that's what your heart's going to follow. And so, as you delight in him, as you take him in, your loves are going to change. What you love is going to change. He is going to make your heart like his heart. And he's going to make you men and women after his heart in your lives. There's, there's so many examples, and um, God is so good. But what I would tell you is this. Uh, I remember being an engineer, and I was not thriving. It wasn't my calling. It was something I could do, but it wasn't my calling. God said, go to seminary. When I got to seminary, I was in heaven. I loved seminary. That was where my heart was to take in his word, to to learn and to grow in his word. There's so many other examples. There's so many other desires of your heart that God is giving, changing, guiding. He gives you a new heart. He gives you a new mind gives you a new perspective, gives you a new vision for your life. For what? For his glory and the good of those around you. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The weather is changing. It's going to change today. And so are our feelings. So are our moods. And every sermon I preach is for me. We're all in training together. The invitation is consult your faith and not your feelings. 
And then the way to do that is to consult his word and not your war. And the question uh, for this week as you drive home together or uh, with Jesus is this. What steps can you take this week to fill your mind with Jesus? May he fill us as a community. May he fill our families. May we tune in and dial in because he has a high calling for St. John's Denver to the glory of God and for the good of this community. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your heart, guard your mind through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen.